This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash freelancershow. Hello and welcome to The Freelancers Show. I'm Jonathan Stark, and today I'm joined by panelist Philip Morgan. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's good. <laughs> Excellent. How are you, Jonathan? Fabulous. So today we're going to talk about something called the referral game, which is an exercise that I'm kind of trying to flesh out. I'm trying to figure it out and I'm hoping Philip can help me with it <laughs> because it's That'll kind be my of, best. yeah, it's tricky. And, uh, I've, I've been running a series on my mailing list, trying to flesh it out. And even in a, in a, uh, or really raw format, it's, it's helping people have real positioning breakthroughs. So, you know, both of us talk about positioning in specialization and expertise and authority all the time. And it, I mean, it's your specialty. And for me, mm -hmm. I need to have people do it in order to justify premium rates, which is my specialty. So <clears throat> I think, would it be fair to say that you have found people have a hard time specializing or, or picking a positioning statement? Uh, yep. That's pretty much why my whole business exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, softball. So one of the things that I've been getting a, a fair number of people asking me to introduce uh, them to other let people. Me, let me stop you right there. I don't sure. feel, sometimes I don't feel great about that. Sometimes I'm like, I kind of embarrassed that it's so, it, that I even could build a business on this. I wish it were more simple for people. But right. Anyway, yes. go ahead. <laughs> yes. So I know it's hard to people. It's, it's hard for me when I do it for myself or my own products or services where I, I, you just have this, the fear as you call it. And it's hard to, it's hard for your lizard brain to believe that you're somehow going to get more business by focusing on a smaller market, being very right. specific about what it is that you do and by, uh, implication what you don't do. So it, it freaks people out. They can't imagine that, that they can't believe that somehow that will increase the number of leads they get and the amount of money that they can charge. But the, the fact is it's true. It works. It feels like magic because you can't believe it's happening, but there's something about the, the law of large numbers and the network effect where if you're really specific about what you do and what the value proposition is, then it triggers what I call a Rolodex moment in your friends, colleagues, clients, minds. And they're like, Oh, you know who you should talk to? And, and that sort of word of mouth that gets triggered, that's just one way to spread the word. But when that is happening, you can rest assured that if you take that sort of a positioning and put it in your other marketing, marketing materials, like your website, it's going to have the same effect. It's going to trigger this, this, uh, you know, it's going to trigger the reader or the listener to go down the list of people who they might know in that space or that have that problem or whatever your specialization or your positioning is. And then there, there might come up with a match 
And if they do come up with a match and you also have a sort of significant value proposition or remarkable story, then they're automatically going to share that information with anybody that they think would benefit from it. It's, it's just, it feels like magic, but it actually makes kind of sense when you lay it out like that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> people, uh, just kind of want to be helpful in that way. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a, a great theory as to why <clears throat> they just do. Like a, a lot of us, when we start out, we start out as generalists and we get that happening. Um, you know, I've talked about this before and I've written about it a bit. It's this kind of magic tailwind that you get when you start out. Um, and it's because I think people want to see you succeed. They're mm -hmm. like, Oh, Jonathan finally quit that job. I know he hated it. So <laughs> I, I want to make sure he's successful working for himself. I'm going to connect him with, you know, anybody and everybody. But what happens is that sort of generalized goodwill has a kind of shelf life on it. It does not last for forever. And then people are not making those connections. So you're proposing a um, t taking advantage of that same kind of goodwill, but in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And the, so the thing about I absolutely have seen what you just described happen. It's how it seems like how most freelancers get their start. And the thing, I think the shelf life that runs out isn't the goodwill. The goodwill stays there. The shelf life runs out on the story. Ah. So it's not an interesting story three years later. Oh, my friend, right. my friend Philip finally quit that job three years ago and has been, it's like, what? That story doesn't work anymore. So right. What So after the three years, after you get started and you do perhaps go through your network and they do tell that story for you and, and everybody feels good about uh, helping you kind of get off the ground, uh, then it, you kind of go into your sophomore slump of like, wait a second, how do I, how do I get this going? So the thing that occurred to me, and, and we both try to teach this to people and it's really hard, it doesn't click with them. Uh, it's very, it can be very hard for them to come around and for the light bulb moment to, to start. So I was thinking... <clears throat> It occurred to me because someone was asking me to introduce them to someone else. It happens to be kind of frequently, in fact. And it, it's sort of similar, like if somebody asks you for a LinkedIn recommendation or to act as a referral for them for a job or for a client work, or just to introduce, hey, I, I noticed on LinkedIn, you know this person, would you mind introducing me? And in all of those cases, I mean, you tell me, maybe it's just me, but that is stressful. I don't know what to say. I just... I stare at the screen. I'm like, I don't know what to type. It gets, I don't want to do it. I wish they didn't ask me. I want to help them, but I don't know how. And I, it, I mean, have you ever been in that situation and felt that way? Yeah. <clears throat> it's not just you. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think of, you know, it's important that you have proof in order to uh, create credibility when you're talking, when, you, when you're interacting with a prospective client. And I think there's two kinds of proof. There's what I call ambient proof, which is Jonathan's a great guy to work with. He's really reliable. He's, you know, polite and well-mannered. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> he showers talking daily. About your, yeah, right. He, he seems to understand uh, what a toothbrush is. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's like that sort of, um, that's what we default to when there's not something more compelling or more specific. Mm -hmm. That is not something you say about the person who saved your life, you know, you, you got, you were swimming in the Pacific ocean and you got sucked in by the undertow. Someone saved your life. You don't say, yeah, they seem like a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. You, you, you go to something more specific and more powerful. But if we don't have that, we kind of fall back on, 
yeah, they're a great guy, really reliable, super trustworthy, real pleasure to work with them. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Better, it's better, better than nothing, but it's not very impressive from a proof perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when somebody you kind of know is like, Hey, could you recommend me or refer me or whatever? You just don't have the specifics that you need to make it compelling. Right. And, and I, so I found myself, uh, I found myself being like, I'll reach back out to someone and I'll be, you know, somebody says, Hey, could you introduce me to like a podcast host or, or to a client? And I'll be like, all right, well, what, are you, or, or can you, this, this, all of these have happened to be, but the most recent one was like someone who I haven't worked with in 10 years was like, Hey, I'm looking for a new job at a big company. Would you act as a referral? And I was like, I mean, we're friends still and we keep in touch on Facebook and whatnot, but I, I'm like, I don't know anything about his career anymore. Like, mm-hmm. so, and so then sort of light bulb moment for me came on and I was like, well, what do you want me to say? So all of a sudden I was like, Oh, here's the game. So I, I was like the, ref- I came up with this idea for a referral game and, and also, by the way, this sort of, if you're in this situation a lot and somebody's asked, someone asks you for a recommendation, I would turn it around and say, sure, I'll totally do that for you. We're good friends. Uh, I trust you. I know you're a good, you know, what, you know, yeah, I'll do it. Send me a draft and I'll tweak it as needed. You know, have them, it's kind of like you see, you see sort of more savvy business owners, at least in our circles do this when they're asking for a tweet. So if they say, Hey, mm-hmm. could you tweet something for me? Here's a, here's a starting example of what I'm kind of trying to say. It makes it so much easier for you to be like, oh, okay, here's a starting point. I wouldn't say it like this, so I'm going to change some words around, but boom, there you go, done. Mm-hmm. Instead of starting from scratch and, you know, say it's somebody's new ebook and you want to promote it for them because you know they do good stuff and based on the title, you know, your audience would be interested in it. But what what are they trying to emphasize? What are How are they trying to position themselves? You can't just make that up or it's very hard. It's, it's a stressful thing to do, even though it's such a I mean, could you, could you tweet out a link to my new ebook? It seems so easy, but it's actually really stressful and difficult. So giving them, uh, giving that person some kind of information about a draft or some kind of information about a starting point is super helpful. So this is where I came up with the idea for, for a a game where Mm -hmm. you get, let's say you're a freelancer. Of course you are. And you probably know some other freelancers. Let's say you pair up and you say, Hey, I was listening to Philip and Jonathan on the freelancer show and they get this little game. Let's come up with referrals for each other. Not that you're actually going to go give the referrals, like some sort of scheme that, you know, you're trying to like, you know, do this sort of pyramid scheme of, okay, I'll refer you if you refer me type of tit for tat thing. Um, it's really not necessarily going to result in a referral. It's more for you to help someone figure out what you look like from the outside. So if you said to somebody, say, hey, uh, let me refer you to someone. You know, this is the game. I'll start. I'm going I'm to, re- oh, look, actually, let's just do it. So yeah. you, you and me, Philip. So, so Philip, we're going to play the referral game. What kind of clients would you like to be connected with? Like who, who yeah, you, who could I connect you with? Self-employed software developers. Great. Who speak English. Yes. Oh, nice. Good angle. Um, so that's super specific, dear listener, as you can tell, but Philip does this for a living. So of course it's not surprising. I, I would say yeah. something similar, independent software professionals. So, okay, we've got a great answer for that, but do you, dear listener, have a great answer for that? Could you say something specific enough to someone else that would get them thinking? And the beauty of doing this with a, with a friend is that they'll have this sort of look on their face. Like, you know, if you said, well, anybody, anybody that's got 
$2,000 to spend on a website. Or if you, you know, they're going to be kind of scrunch up their face and be like, well, how would I know that? Like, I, I don't, I might know someone like that, but how would I know that? So they'll sort of scrunch up their face and be like, no, try again. <laughs> like who yeah. might, and then the two of you can go back and forth until the face unscrunches and, and <laughs> the light bulb comes on and your friend's like, oh, I know someone like that. So yeah, go ahead. We could, we could roll back five years and I could give you the answer I would give you to that question as Philip of five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which will illustrate your point. And five years ago, I would have said, um, you know, any company with a complicated product where they need it to be uh, simple to understand. <laughs> scrunch. <laughs> <laughs> I might yeah, know you, you got like to tra- translate that face scrunching into audio yeah. uh, and it turns into laughter, right? right. <laughs> it's like, you know, you got to throw me a bone here, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, right. And so I've been doing this on the list and, and I would go back and forth with people who gave me an answer like that. And, and I'll say, okay, well, help me help you. So what, and there are a bunch of ways to do this. So one of the ways was, can you give me an example of the kind of company who might have something like that? So Philip of five years ago, can you give me an example of some of one of these sort of complicated products or maybe a past client who I might have heard of or something like that. Um, so there, uh, there's sometimes software companies where their product is, um, complex, has a ton of features and they, they don't really know what to emphasize. Like QuickBooks uh, online kind of. Hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know someone a- who works on QuickBooks online. Okay. <laughs> See what I mean? Like all right. of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden it's, it's sort of more tangible in a, in a way that a casual observer could recognize from the outside without having internal knowledge of the business, you know, or, or like, cause that's another, another common thing that people will say is they'll say something like I say, Oh, what kind of clients are you looking for? And they'll say something that would require ESP for me to know, like they're about to enter a growth phase. Right. I'm looking for startups who are about, or, you know, small to medium businesses that are about to enter a growth phase. Scrunch. Right. Okay. Right. How am I supposed to know that? I know thousands, literally thousands of people on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter that I'm connected with. And not, not just, not just strangers, like people that actually, we have some sort of relationship. Help me help you. What kind, what sort of outward indicate, what outwardly would indicate that a business is about to enter a growth phase. And so they'd say, oh, well, they're probably trying to hire a bunch of developers. Oh, interesting. I had a few people just ask me if I knew any developers because they're trying to hire internally. Or mm-hmm. uh, another example would be like, oh, um, uh, uh, what was one? I, uh, companies that need to automate internal processes. How am I supposed to know that? But if they turned it around and said, do you know any uh, business founders who are constantly complaining about working late. Uh, they're always missing their kids' soccer games, stuff like that. Just like way too busy. Oh yeah, yeah. My brother's always missing soccer games. He feels bad about it. He's always telling me about it. Maybe he needs internal automation, you know, because it's like a time thing. Mm-hmm. So, what is uh, in your experience like? What's the long, the longest amount of time it takes somebody to get from that initial place of, you know, high growth companies or whatever to something that's specific enough for it to be actionable in the context of a referral. 
So in the in my experience on the list, there's about you know, I think about 2,300 people, and probably 30 to 50 of them actually engaged with me on it. Then mm-hmm. it took for the most of them about three emails before they either before we either got to a match or we got to a, a light bulb moment. Uh, sorry, we we either got to something that was obviously clear or till they got to a light bulb moment where they were like, aha, I under, now I understand what you mean. I can't answer it, but now I understand what you mean and I see how it would work. But that was the minority actually. And those folks were usually very, very new to what, mm-hmm. to their profession. The folks who've been doing it a while, especially because they've got clients, past clients, they can, they have more examples to pull from. They, they can be like, well, you know, we've done a lot of stuff in the architectural manufacturing space. I'm like, oh, what's scrunch? Okay, well, what's what's that? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, people that manufacture like uh, uh, flooring for a deck or something like, oh, oh, okay, you know. And we would keep going around and around, like, oh, I don't really know who that is, until they would they would find a thing that is perhaps unique to me, but that's okay. But it's perhaps unique to me. But it, we we get it to a place where all of a sudden, uh, it's it's hyper clear whether or not I know someone like that, or if in the future I met someone like that. So the most hilarious one was uh, one of the people on the list emailed me and said that he does machine learning for sports betting. <laughs> He's oh, like, wow. so so the, so. do you know any sports betting tipsters? I'm looking to get introduced to anybody that d- does sports betting tips. I was like, wow, huh. I don't know anybody. But if I ever met one, I would know exactly who to refer them to or that I should connect you guys. Yeah, yeah. Or potentially. Which actually brings us to the next, there's really two, two questions in the referral game. The first is, what kind of clients are you looking to you know, connect with? And some kind of answer there, it could be vertical, like we often talk about, it could be demographic, it could be horizontal, whatever, it, but it could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Companies like this, okay? And then the second thing is, all right, I can think of someone, or if I don't know someone, I'll ask around and see if I can find someone who knows someone like that, but it's, it's, it's articulated in a way that normal people who don't do what you do all day long could share and look for and help you. So mm-hmm. if we find someone, if I or my network can find someone to introduce you to, why should they care? Why are they going to want to get on the phone with you? What story, back to the story thing, what story can you tell me to tell them that will make them want to jump on a phone call with you? And this is where it gets really, really interesting, in my opinion. What do you mean when you, when you say interesting? Well, because it, it it's hard enough to bring yourself to sort of niche down on a particular kind of client because I build software. I could do it for anyone. But, right. you know, so then you niche down and like, oh, sports betting tipsters. All right, great. Well, why are they going to care to talk to you? Like, like if I, hey, Bob, you know, I've got a friend. I know you're a sports tipster uh you play the odds or whatever i don't even know what that is really but <laughs> you, you do this thing <laughs> i know somebody who serves that industry i'm not going to just say hey you guys should talk i need to know why john who does machine learning for sports betting i i need to know why in english that bob might care about that bob is not going <laughs> to automatically know that he needs machine learning so what I want is some kind of something remarkable that I can tell Bob about John that is going to make Bob make Bob's eyebrows go up like, ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And earlier we talked about story. This The story earlier that was interesting is that, you know, this person finally made the leap and they took a risk and we want, you know, it'd be 
so great to help this person out. And I could hire a hundred web developers. I might as well hire this nice guy that's friends of my friend. Once that story wears out, you need a new story. And, and ideally it wouldn't be ambient proof. Like Philip mentioned earlier, it would be something that was like, wow, yeah, I want to talk to that guy that, and that is going to be hard proof. So something that is, uh, easily provable or that's double. Could I say proof again? It's like not <laughs> refutable. Something that would, something that is remarkable, but easily verifiable. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. The, you know, fancy marketing term for that is a value proposition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, <clears throat> it's a real struggle because at the end of the day, a, a lot of what, we in the self-employed or, um, you know, freelance world do is stuff that others would do if they, if they weren't constrained with time and other resources, meaning we do stuff that isn't remarkable. That's the first problem. Mm. Well, the activities might not be remarkable, but what I would like to be able to share. So the introduction I want to make for John to Bob is I want to be able to say, you know, like we've already established, Bob and I have already established that he is in the target market. Mm -hmm. uh, we already know that. I don't even need to say it. So I just say, hey, Bob, you're still doing sports betting, right? I just met this guy who does machine learning for sports betting tipsters, and he helped insert famous gambler, online poker player, win $100,000 in the last insert online poker tournament name. Would, mm -hmm. you guys, would you like me to introduce you guys? And, and it's a, it's like a, it's, I presume that would sound like a remarkable result to someone like Bob. If I'm wrong, then great. That's not a good match. But if that's, if that it's, a, it's something that would be easy for Bob to look up, which I'm not going to lie about it. You know, it's, e it's, it's, um, easily measurable. It's like a really clear metric. I have other, other ones, you know, oh, uh, you know, we have a mutual friend who helps people with their AWS bills. And the story I always tell when I didn't even realize this until afterwards, but I always say the same thing when I'm talking about him to someone else. I always say <laughs> the last time or not the last time, but he, he recently went into a company and saved them a million dollars a year. The first 10 minutes he was on site. Like that is a story. And yes, both of the examples that I gave so far are dollar amounts, but they don't have to be like that. It could be something else. It could be something like it. And he won the Nobel prize for the thing that you do or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be some eyebrow raising thing that you can say to your friend Bob that is going to make them be like, wow, yeah, I probably should talk to that guy. So, oh, and I said before it was interesting. Here's the reason why it's interesting. Because when I hit the list with that piece, everybody's jaws dropped open because they're like, wow, I don't, it, and it gets back to the value pricing thing. They don't know. They don't even think about their results. Like most people yeah. don't think about their results. They think about their inputs. They think about the time they spend on behalf of the client doing activities that they were told to do. And they don't spend enough time thinking about how that made the company's business better. I know. <clears throat> and um, it, it's, it's very painful when you re realize that th that's how you've been operating because you realize if you ask yourself what what do other people think is special about my services and you can't come up with an answer that would get that would like earn the attention of a new prospect hmm. it's it's kind of depressing yeah <laughs> i mean ho hopefully it leads to someplace good where you say okay i would like to change that i would like to 
change how I spend my time and energy such that it does produce remarkable results. But I, I do think that first step is a little bit of, um, of a depressing realization that, oh, uh, I've just been doing basically stuff that people don't, it, it's just, it's a job that has to be done, but it doesn't move the needle. Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, a VA or something. I'm just doing grunt work that they don't have time to do. But if yeah. you start, it, it's so you're right. I think it is, a, it's, it's depressing to somebody who I think is at the point where they can start moving beyond that. So it's kind of, right. it's only going to be depressing to the kind of person who's ready to move past that point. So I think it's actually a good sign. Yeah, I call it the satisfaction gap where you can see the potential of what you could do if you started doing things differently, but you're not there right now. And yeah, I mean, I, I use the word depressing, but hopefully it's it's like dissatisfying because mm-hmm. that I think holds the potential that you'll do things differently. Mm-hmm. You'll make some changes. Um, and so here's here's a question that I want to run past you, Jonathan. Do mm-hmm. you think that in that place where someone's kind of feeling that dissatisfaction of like, oh, crap. I can't, there's nothing I could say that could get a prospect excited about what I want to do. So do you think people should aspire to, like, what should the aspiration be in that place? The, well, the aspiration would be to do what it takes to start to have remarkable wins. What, like, start start to provide right. huge wins. So, okay, that's that's a really bad answer, but that's the big, that's the TLDR answer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if you have a few years under your belt, you can look back and find some big wins. And sometimes the way that I have people do this is to reach back out to their past clients and say, Hey, I'm updating my website. Uh, I'd love it if you could answer a few questions about the results of our work together and how it changed your business. And, you know, if you don't get a yes from them and then send them over a list of the the six Sean D'Souza testimonial questions that we always share. Mm -hmm. And, and find out, cause you might have some huge wins that you just don't know about. So that would be great. You know, you've got, you've got experience, you've got clients, you've got past clients, and perhaps they can simply tell you the, it, you know, huge, of course, maybe they're not huge, but wins at least. And you can say, oh, well, <clears throat> yeah, you guys, you transformed the way we did business. It has resulted in top line revenue, increased morale, bottom line savings, uh, so, something they're, they're going to give you some kind of business results back, hopefully. Uh, another thing you, you can do to, to, if you don't have a huge win and maybe you don't have that many clients and you're a little bit newer to freelancing, 
the the thing the sort of reason to get on the phone with the reason Bob would care the reason why Bob would take the time to get on the phone with you uh, the most desperate position I would say that anyone can do with even if they have zero experience is that th they would um, that you need help and that their uh, their experience their life experience their business experience whatever would be super helpful to you you would greatly value 15 minutes of their time to ask some questions about the industry or whatever it is. But, but that and people have a hard time believing this, but I, I see it over and over and over. It works, it works, works for me. It works for my students. If you value somebody's expertise, their life experience, or what, you know, whether it's life experience or whether it's business experience, if you value it and you say to them that you would, you know, you would greatly appreciate 15 minutes of their time to just ask a couple of simple questions, it would be, mean the world to you that mm -hmm. is that's enough to get somebody's you know that's sort of uh, that's sort of it's a gift to them in a way and that will get people on the phone so if yeah. if you don't have a huge win or something that's it's just so intangible that people can't get their heads around it uh, or or something in between then you can always default to you know letting them share their experience with someone who cares because most people don't care right right the, but I think that really the key of the, but this is all stuff we say all the time. The thing that is really interesting and perhaps different about the idea of the referral game is that you talk to your friend. It's not like you sitting in your room trying to think harder or even working with me or Philip or someone like that. It's you being like, hey, and you sing it to your friend. Like you're the one that wants to position your business, but don't do it for yourself first. Try and help one of your friends do it. That's the trick. So if you say to your friend, hey, if, if I was going to introduce you to somebody, what kind of clients would you be looking for? And, and don't let them off the hook with like, oh, I don't know, anybody, anybody who's got the money, ha ha ha. <laughs> don't let them off the hook. Be like, no, seriously, I know a lot of people and, and I know what you do, but I don't know what kind of clients you're looking to meet. So like I, best case scenario, who would be your ideal clients? If they still can't tell you, be like, all right, pick a few, like who would your dream clients be? Until you can finally get down to like, they say something like Walmart or Target or, or I don't know, uh, Dollar Shave Club. So whatever. Be like, all right, you know, I might know somebody that's at a, at, at, I might know somebody there, but if I don't, I might know somebody that a business like that. So, okay, you said Dollar Shave Club. So like, like sort of any kind of subscription delivery service, would that count? Yeah. Oh, well, I know somebody at Plated or Blue Apron. Would that maybe be a good, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Okay, cool. So now you've kind of figured that out for them. You've helped them start to position themselves. And then you say, okay, I know somebody at Blue Apron. What can I tell them that will impress them or, or, or make them raise their eyebrows or get them to like spend 15 minutes on the phone with you? Do you have any, mm -hmm. you know, what did you do for somebody previously that was like Blue Apron? Like, did you do some sort of viral marketing thing or did you do some sort of internal automation that had some result for them that was, that, that would be kind of wow, it was kind of wow them enough to take 15 minutes out of their schedule to talk with you on the phone. And again, don't let them off the hook. Keep looking for something and, and and imagine that you're going to send an email to somebody at Blue Apron or whatever and, and, and take whatever your friend says and put it in words that you'd actually write and then reflect that back to your friend. Because they'll almost always say something uh, that's way too long or way too marketing-y or way too headline-ish or uh, usually it's just way too long and not conversational. Right. And uh, just say it back to them and be like, like, okay, here's the intro I would send for you. And it will seem 
comically specific or almost uh, almost um almost wrong because it's so mm-hmm. specific but it, and i'm not saying take this and put it on your website as that as like everything in that you do but it will help your friend get a better picture of how he's seen from the outside how people probably talk about him behind his back not necessarily in a bad way but this is how people right. are probably recommending your services now so you might as well own it and make it easy for other people to do for you but the really the most important thing is the person who initiates the game is 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 helping someone through the process of positioning themselves and therefore is going to have it starts to have their own like oh wow now I, now i know what to say or now i see what i'm doing when i'm you know when people are letting me off the hook with a squishy, soggy answer. Yeah. And that really is the essence of positioning is how you are thought of by the market. Mm-hmm. Influencing that overnight, uh, not possible, <clears throat> not easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's r- r- rare exceptions, but most of us don't possess a multi-million dollar advertising budget. <laughs> so, you know, we don't really influence the market as a whole thing. We influence how individual people think of us one person at a time mm-hmm. for, for I most think, of us. Yeah. Agreed. It, but you can do the one-on-one thing immediately. You could, well, that's, that's what I'm saying is yeah. like, that's where we can all start. We can't influence the whole market yes. at once, but the way you're framing this is uh, I think a much more productive way to think about positioning for, for the kind of solo self-employed service provider is to think, well, how, how does this one person who might be helpful to me by connecting me with, you know, others, how do they think about me? That's the scale at which we can all actually think about this stuff uh, productively. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can take immediate action and you can practice with lots of different people because everybody that you know, this this is predicated on the notion that you know some people, <laughs> which, which <laughs> I, I have literally had people be like, well, I'm super antisocial. I don't know anyone. I'm like, well, maybe you should just get a job. Uh, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. this sort of stuff is a relationship business. If you're that antisocial that you have zero friends then, or, you know, or colleagues or any people who will, uh, engage you on this level, then, you know, this might not be for you, but that is a very, very small slice of the population. I mean, Philip and I are both introverts, so and somehow we managed to do it. Yeah. But yeah, against so, all odds, against all <laughs> odds, exactly. Cue the music. So it's not like this, this is really not meant to be the be all end all. This is, this is not a laser focused positioning statement. This is none of those things. Like it's related to all those things, but I am, I am imagining this in a very, um, a hyper specific context, the context of someone making an introduction to someone else for a third party. So in other words, someone matchmaking between two of their colleagues, let's say in that particular environment, it helps very much to have a laser focused positioning statement to, you know, to, to help guide you. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be identical to that. Just like a cocktail party answer wouldn't be identical to that. You know, the answer to what, Oh, what do you do? It's not going to be exactly your LFPS. It's going to be a version of it. It's more LFPS is more of like a compass. It's like a, uh, an overall guiding principle for you to help make dis- these individual tactical decisions. And this specific one making introductions is, the thing about it that's so cool is that for everybody you talk to, you can tweak it because they're going to have a different understanding and they're going to have a different set of contacts who are going to have a different kind of understanding. So you can find out, you can experiment in other words, and you can get a lot of feedback about what makes sense to different people, which, which things, uh, uh, are like, have a lot of overlap. Like 
when you're trying to describe what kind of client you're looking for, when you put it a particular way, most people say, oh, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. So it's like a great, safe, tiny, manageable little exercise that you can do. And, oh, by the way, you're going to help everybody you do it with. So I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a really fun little exercise. Yeah, I agree. I, I like how it takes the pressure off. You know, if, if you're um, <clears throat> making changes on your website, you have this kind of weird uh, reality distortion thing happening because it feels so public and it, like it makes you so naked <laughs> to put those words on a web page because, I mean, it's true. Anybody in the world could see that. And and that's the bar we kind of hold ourselves to when we're making uh, positioning changes and trying to reflect those on a website. We're like, oh, my gosh, just anybody could see this. Past <laughs> clients could see it. Um you know, the multi-million dollar deal, I'm sure, is just around the corner. They're going to see this and judge me based on it. And that's the kind of mindset I think a lot of us come from. The reality is nobody's going to see it. Right. <laughs> unless you, you know, unless the website's been around for a while and you've actually been working at trying to get traffic for it, pretty much, you know, statistically next to nobody is actually going to see it. Mm-hmm. But what I like about your exercise is that it's done in a context where that um, crazy idea that the whole world is going to see this is just automatically off the table. Yep. So people aren't fighting that uh, that resistance mm-hmm. to do something in public. Exactly. I, I, th- I think that's a very uh, that's a big part of why this is producing the results you're seeing. Yes, and that's the most exciting part for me is that it's it's. It, it probably is that because we, the, the word naked is perfect there because, I mean, I, it happened to me when I updated my website to be specifically credit unions. I mean, eventually past clients did see, you know, a year later, past clients mm-hmm. did see it. They're like, oh, wow, you're really focusing on credit unions now, huh? You know, and uh, it, it, it gave me that feeling. Even though I knew it was the right thing to do, it gave me the feeling like I was going to have some splaining to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I did. And, it, you know, a couple of clients, one or two clients were like, oh, it's fucking, and I'm like, yeah, I am doesn't affect anything we're doing. It's just like any new clients are going to be in that industry. Right. And so no big deal. And the flip side is, and we haven't, I don't think we've talked about this in a while, but um, I got, I've got like uh, having that specific focus becomes like a word of mouth for people who are just hopping by your website. So the conversation you have with your friend and the effectiveness it has when they introduce you to Bob once you're comfortable with it and like, wow, I'm getting a lot of phone calls set up by presenting myself to the world in this particular way, it's going to increase your confidence to go back and perhaps put that as a big headline on your site. And Mm -hmm. then strangers who know people like Bob that work at Blue Apron or whatever are going to be like, huh, this person is really drawing a line in the sand. They, they basically focus really specifically on this particular industry or this particular problem and delivering this kind of an outcome. And it's really easy for them, someone who doesn't even know you, to have a Rolodex moment, just hitting your, anonymously hitting your marketing materials. And this, as naked as I felt when I updated my website, it absolutely works for me. You know, like somebody from mm-hmm. credit union, to, I, you know, my site is like, I help credit unions leverage mobile. And uh, I got someone from Credit Union Times the other day who just like randomly emailed me for an interview and people who were like in the credit union space, like, hey, we should talk about partnering. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's the rabbit hole is is super deep. The fear is invalid, <laughs> but it is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But th- it's always, um, 
helpful to kind of uh, claim the letter of friends. I just can't think of a context that eliminates more of the fear than what you're describing here. Yeah, it's so safe and private. It's with friends. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what are the uh, what are the kind of aha moments look like? Uh, I mean, not naming names, but just you know, you, you're kind of. It sounds like you're in a a thirty way one on one conversation with people on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do the aha moments look like? So, uh, stuff like, you know, sort of like stuff I abstracted into the conversation already. So things mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like people will say on the, on the most, on the worst end of the scale, the sort of mercenary end of the scale, people say like anybody who has a budget to hire a web developer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be, I'll be like, okay, that's, you know, that's obviously never going to work. Like, and they say it kiddingly, but it's to mask the fact that they have no idea and okay well let's come up with some ideas um and kind of going through the things like they'll have the aha moment because they'll say something that they think is incredibly clear like you know i help i help uh small to medium businesses who are getting ready to go through a massive growth phase automate internal processes so they don't have to add customer service staff and they feel like they're being so specific but really, that's that requires ESP on my part. In fact, more than ESP, it requires me to see the future to a certain extent. You know, it's kind of like, um, kind of like saying, "Hey, do you know anybody who's thinking about selling their house?" Well, how would I? I probably, not, I don't know, maybe. But the only way for me to find out would be to spam my entire list of contacts. Be like, "Hey, is anybody looking to sell their house?" <laughs> you know. So it's like they could, you know, so for the person who's like the automation specialist that's going to help somebody through a growth phase by minimizing the demands on their customer service staff, uh, you know, I would go through the exercise and be like, well, what, what kind of companies have recently done that? Or what kind of companies have you worked with in the past that I would perhaps have heard of? Uh, one person was like, <laughs> I mean, his, I, I can't, uh, this is exactly the point, which I can't remember what he said first. So mm-hmm. somebody, somebody said something that I cannot remember the words that he used is something like uh, manufacturing service business, blah, 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 that I cannot even remember. And we mm-hmm. finally got to the end of it. And I'm like, you mean people that have lots of work vans? He was like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> so basically any, any work van that I see driving down the street that has like a phone number printed on it and like a, you know, a, some sort of marketing materials on it, that's potentially your client. He was like, yeah, they need to have like 10, 10 vans like that or more. And I was like, boom, I, I know a guy that has more than 10 trucks on the road every day that do, that therefore are potential clients of yours. Mm. But you have to, it takes a few back and forths before they'll say something that, you know, it's sort of like the, that I sometimes reference the scene from Philadelphia where Denzel Washington says to his clients, explain it to me like I'm six year old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you're so into you, what you do and you're so focused on yourself and the, the activities that you engage in that you tend to present it in a way that makes no sense whatsoever to your friends or family. But if you just say, I help companies that have lots of work trucks. Oh, I know somebody that has, that runs a company that has lots of work trucks. What do you help them with? He's like, well, I make it so that they're, um, uh, which call it. So they don't have to hire more uh, what's the dispatchers? I make it so they don't have to mm. hire as many dispatchers and not wasting as much time, you know, routing the trucks around. Oh, interesting. 
you know, what does that result in? Oh, the last client, it resulted in like a, a $45,000 a year savings because they didn't have to hire an extra dispatcher. All right, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to contact my friend, Bob. He's in that space. I'm going to say you are a whatever who helps people who have lots of trucks on the road do this thing. <laughs> Would you guys like to talk? Like all of a sudden it's like a normal conversation like you'd have at a party and not like this sort of overwrought, uh, unconversational sort of self-obsessed I mean, the bottom line is I can remember owner of company who has lots of trucks. I can remember that. I cannot remember the original thing that he sent to me. And that's yeah, the distinction. It's, it's like when you try to do that kind of problem solving you're describing in a, what feels like a high stakes situation, that's like the least effective environment for doing that kind of problem solving. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, and again, like not to beat a dead horse, but... I think the real beauty of the exercise is for, for you, dear listener, to help yourself by helping one of your friends write their introdu the introduction for you. So like for you to give to someone. So try to refer one of your friends, not that you're actually going to do it, but try to help them convert their unmemorable, overwrought, self-absorbed uh, introduction of themselves to someone into something that a human being would actually say to their friend. And once you go through that exercise with them, it, and like I said, it didn't really take that, doesn't take that much time for people who have some experience in business, you know, some track record, uh, then you, I think you will be prepared to do a much better job of it on your own, perhaps turn the tables and have your friend do the same thing for you where you kind of translate. So I suppose it would make sense for you to, if you were going to do this, to do it with someone who isn't in your exact same industry because you'll have a tendency to have the same base assumptions. So if you're a web developer, talk to a copywriter or a designer or an architect that you know, uh, or, or really even just a family member. That's perfect. I love it. Cool. Don't, don't be surprised if you start hearing me uh, advise people to use this. The introduction game. Do it. Is that what, I've been? I was trying to decide. Should we call it the introduction game or the referral game? I think the introduction game. That's even it seems even more of a low stakes situation yeah. than a referral. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, folks. The introduction game. It is. Go play it. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Cool. So uh, should... You didn't say how to score it, but I think that's probably pretty obvious. Yeah. Number if someone of stops making this, yeah, stop making the squinchy face, uh, <laughs> then you win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. Should we uh, move over to picks? For you, the listeners of Freelancer Show, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at lootcrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby again that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10 percent on any new subscription enter the promo code bridge 10 for 10 percent savings sure 
Um, you know, I, I don't think I have a great pick this week. I'm, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll pick the fact, um, my pick this week is my dissatisfaction, uh, which we were talking about before the show with all, uh, podcasts, recording solutions. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to look into, uh, discord. I've heard some pretty good things about, um, about the low latency and the high voice quality of, uh, discord chats. And it looks like it might be even a, just to send a link and someone pops open a browser on the guest end of things, uh, that kind of easy solution. We'll see. So I don't know if anybody knows anything about using discord to record podcasts, uh, send me an email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about you? you? Get any picks this week? Um, yeah, I do. So, and, and by the way, on that last one, know that we've tried ringer and Zencaster and we're familiar with zoom. So we're looking for something, because I, I, I would like the same thing. I would love it if somebody had a recommendation. I would love it if if Discord worked out because uh, so far Skype and Call Recorder is the, the most reliable one that I've found and it's not, not perfect. Hmm. Um, but in terms of picks, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a book called The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. And I have to say, most of the book was kind of like, yeah, obviously, um, but, you know, not, but, but just for me, but they do have one sort of central premise to the book that I think is relevant to the conversation we're having today and is super powerful, which is that they contend and, and make a case for being able to start a business, not necessarily just coaching, but a, a business where you're just doing some kind of knowledge work without a website, without business cards, without a mailing list, just through introductions. And it, uh, it is, was just funny timing that I was reading this book around the time that this, the, the referral game or the introduction game kicked off. But, uh, it's, it's worth a read. It's a short book. It's very, you know, the chapters are like, it's very like, it's more like essays, a series of essays. And there's some really, the, the marketing stuff, independent of it being for a coaching business, the marketing stuff is really interesting, uh, in terms of how to, how to spread the word and get clients because I think most people are like Philip and I in that when you're in this business, you don't need a lot of clients, maybe eight or 10 a year maximum. And, you know, maybe you're doing smaller jobs, lots of little jobs, but you know, most people I talk to, they've got like a whale client and a few fill-ins here and there. So if you can kind of broaden that out without having to worry about your website and, and just going over introductions, either email or phone introductions and setting up calls with people, uh, perhaps it's a little less scary than, you know, being naked online, being, or, you know, your website making you feel like you're naked online. So that's, again, that's the prosperous coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. And, uh, I will, I think, I think we've talked about it before, but I'm going to promote it again. I'm doing a relatively new podcast called the business of authority. So if anyone in the audience is sort of, you know, more of a consultant than a freelancer, maybe has a firm and they're looking to go from six figures to se six figures to seven figures. Um, myself and co-host Rochelle Moulton talk about that every week and we bring on uh, guests who have done that and uh, who we work with to do that. And uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of similar to the freelancer show, but I think for people who are maybe a little older, been around the block a little bit more, probably, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe old, maybe older. So if that describes you, dear listener, then check out The Business of Authority. All right. I guess that'll wrap us up for this week. Hope you join us again next week for The Freelancer Show. Bye. Adios.
Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.